Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats official, official sponsor of the corner booth podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast, our actual podcast. We are now going to be always the next day on our YouTube channel, uh, welcoming in, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, my co-host, Mr. Matt Ordazzo, the TikTok sensation, and live from somewhere in the Southwest, Mason, the new guy. Um, and of course you guys know my ugly ass. My name is of course, Jared. I'm the host of this wonderful podcast. We are live today. We have a bunch of great stuff today. We have a review of our conference championship weekend 12 pack, which I got absolutely smacked on. Uh, we have a review of the NFL week with our one sentence game, which will be timed today. It should be interesting. And, um, we also have me and Matt doing live same game parlays for tonight's Monday night football game between the uh, Saints and Bucks. And disclosure, I have a nine dollar parlay riding on the Bucks winning tonight. I need to get back somehow in the win column, so go Bucks. Um, also, the Saints have the Eagles. The Eagles have Saints traffic. So the more games they lose, the better our pick is. Anyway, gentlemen, it was an amazing weekend. Like holy smokes, we had so much news, so much great football. Um. It started obviously Thursday with Thursday night football between the Bills beating Mason's Patriots. And then it, you know, started rolling into conference championship Saturday and Sunday, just I mean Friday and Saturday just being disappointments. We'll start off though with the opening headline last night was Sunday night football. And I went to bed and the score, I think the Dallas Cowboys had a 12-point lead. I woke up and the Dallas Cowboys had put up 50 points on the Colts. And I walked in this morning, and I looked at my phone, and I said, did Jeff Saturday hit on Mike McCarthy's wife? What the shit was that? Hmm. I, I, I don't know what happened. I Like, that was like, I hadn't seen a team run up the score on another team since, I think, Seahawks-Cardinals when Ken Wisenhut was still coaching. This is like I Russell also... I also went to bed at halftime, um, getting up for work early as fuck in the morning. But 
I went to bed, like you said, I think the Cowboys had like, I don't even know, it was like a one possession lead or something like that. It was nothing crazy. It was like 20 to 14 or something in that area. And I woke up and I'm seeing, you know, on Twitter, they got Mike McCarthy giving the game days, like, you know, the game post game speech and everything. I'm like, all right, Cowboys won. I think we all expected the Cowboys to beat the Colts. I didn't expect to refresh my phone and go on ESPN and see that they dropped 54 to 19 on them. Like I said, when I went to bed at halftime, it was like they had 14 points, the Colts. So I just wasn't expecting them to just light it up. Kind of upset that I got under 25 points from Dak Prescott, even though he had like three touchdowns. But um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting them to win. I just was not expecting them to win by almost 40, which Jason Garrett did call on one of the uh, conferences. He said they were going to win by 40. So he's only shot by five points. Yeah, Matt, I, I didn't even watch the game. I Well, I guess I watched the first quarter uh, just because there was nothing else on. So watch the first quarter, kind of a pretty even game. I think at that point it was maybe seven to six or, or 10 to seven, you know, pretty close game, one possession game, um, but ended up turning it off. And yeah, I think I was, I was pretty shocked too, to see this morning that they dropped a, a 50 ball on the Colts heads. What blows my mind is that I look at this game and I look at the Colts. And so today ESPN came out with their who's most likely to win the NFC. And number one was the Dallas Cowboys with a 90% chance. The Eagles with a 50% chance. I don't know how that math works. And then the Vikings with 5%. And I looked at the screen. I looked at like my computer. wanted to see if my eyes still work. Looked back at my phone. Looked back at my computer again. Looked to make sure my coworker was there and I wasn't hallucinating. And then looked again, and I was like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. By the way, 54 19 is the final score, 30 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Um, wow. <laughs> now, for the record, yeah, so fourth quarter, Michael Gallup touchdown, Malik Hooker fumble return for a touchdown, Tony Pollard 30 yard run, Zeke Elliott four yard run, Malik Davis 23 yard run. They just I think the Colts quit last night, but the like the Cowboys could have easily pulled their foot off the gas. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you were just saying, I'm actually surprised that they have the Eagles at a like a 40 percent chance less than the Cowboys to win that division. Because I'm looking at you know the Cowboys in '93, the Super Bowl. I mean, go oh, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. They have the Eagles. I think it's oh. like 60 percent chance of winning. Because like if if the Eagles split. I think they have six games left. They're five. Wow. It's five games left. If they go two and three or three and two, even if they lose to the Cowboys, the Cowboys would have to basically go undefeated to take the division from Philly. Because they have, they, even if the Cowboys win, the tiebreaker still goes to Philadelphia, I think. Yeah, I'm giving Philly is the only thing that's going to change, not change my mind, but the only thing that's going to, in my mind, enhance Dallas's Super Bowl odd favorites is if they go out and they sign Odell Beckham and if he's healthy and they can pair him up with the. City Lamb go from there. Right now, the Eagles, in my opinion, are still the best team in the NFC. Better than the Vikings, better than the Cowboys right now. And I think they're the they should be the NFC favorites, I believe, to get to the Super Bowl for that conference. One oh Mason go. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. I mean, you look at the Cowboys schedule here and you and you go through it, you know, they beat the Bengals early on in the season. But other than that, I mean, I'm really not impressed with the body of work. You know, they did blow out the Vikings. You know, you got to say something about that. That's impressive. 40 to 3 on the road. Very impressive. But other than that, 
I feel like their best win, I guess, is. I mean, maybe the Giants. I, I guess I don't. I don't know. I so I just sort of I'm skeptical about the team. I know they've won a couple of games against some big time opponents, mm. but I just kind of feel like, and I think we talked about this last week, but. You know, if they catch Tampa Bay in the first round, I could very easily see this team, you know, losing in the nail biter in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, so they got a really to last year. Yeah, right. Well, they exactly. got a really easy schedule so far for the next handful of weeks. They got next week they have the Texans, then they have the Jaguars the following week, then they've got the toughest game of their schedule on Week 16 when they play the Eagles. Then they've got the Titans rounding it out with who's the last team rounding out with the Commanders. So I'd say the last three games of the season are going to be games where we see if the Dallas Cowboys are really the nine and three Cowboys when they got the the Commanders and the Eagles. Um, what was the other one I mentioned? I Titans. Remember. Titans. Those will be three. Well, those will be three teams that will be. I pretty, don't know about the Titans no more. <laughs> no, I don't. Like shot fighters. Uh, Anybody who was under a rock, the Eagles basically in AJ Brown's return game basically just beat them in the submission. AJ no, Brown literally assaulted a cornerback in the middle of the field and ran past him for a touchdown. No, but com- compared to you know the Colts that they just played and then the Texans and the Jaguars, the Titans are going to be a much much tougher I mean, team. Much tougher to be. Ja- the Jags right. aren't a bad team. Like yeah, the Lions kicked the crap out of them, but the Lions basically took the Bills twelve rounds. Sure. Yeah. I think the Lions, like, I know it's a long shot, but if a couple of teams on that back end keep losing, the Lions, if they keep winning games, could win that last wild card spot. It's crazy to say it, but we right now we have the Commanders and the uh, uh, Commanders, Seahawks, and Giants all fighting for those last three wild card spots. And then sneaking in, in the back, you have. The um, Lions, who have somehow, some way, battled back. And last time I looked at the standings, they're like only about two games back. And it's five games left. There's a very real chance right now. So next week, didn't mean to hijack the conversation. They have the Vikings coming off a very emotional, tough win over Matt's Jets, who fought like hell for that one. If it wasn't for a Braxton Berrios drop, we're talking about the Jets – the Vikings having three losses and then the Lions coming in hot, hot at five and seven. So let's just say they lose to the Vikings. They get the Jets, then the Panthers, then the Bears, and then the Packers final week of the season. Those last three games are very winnable. Jets and Lions are both, I don't know, like they might they they could go four and one in this last stretch if they catch a team in the right spot. They're playing that good of football where they could easily beat they have a chance of beating both the Vikings and or Jets, which is what's terrifying because the Lions are like the hottest team in football right now. Mm-hmm. They just keep kicking the piss out of teams, and they only lost to, like, I guess, okay, guys, they beat the Jaguars, I know, but, like, I lo- watched that game. I was like, dude, they're putting the work, and they're making stops. This is not this is not your daddy's Lions team. No, it's uh, somebody knocked on, you know, the Lions door and say, hey, listen, if you look at this entire NFC conference, like if you can just get over that 500 hump, it's really anybody's anybody's shot to get in. And that must have just woke them up because, like you said, they're on a hot streak. They're five. They went from being like Owens five or whatever it was before. And now they're like five and seven. 
And like I said, the NFC is not a very tough conference this year. It's very AFC heavy right now with the numbers. Um, so listen, if they can go on a hot streak, and like you said, they could be the Jets. They are very tough. They are a wild card type team. They're a team you should not take lightly because they will fight and they will fight hard and they will win. Um, but if they can get over, you know, if they can get over that seven and seven hop, win a couple games and get over 500, they could be talking about a wild card spot possibly. <clears throat> very true. Um, another crazy thing, right? So, it's crazy the Eagles have not clinched a, a playoff berth yet. Just let that sink in. So that's how low the NFC is. Yeah. So right now the Lions are like that last team who has just enough shot. But they're they're banking on Washington and Seattle basically having horrible back ends to their season. The Giants, too. The Giants back into their schedule is brutal. But the Commanders have the Giants again next in two weeks. Then they have the Niners, the Browns with Watts, and then the Cowboys. Yikes. And then you go to the Giants, who have the Eagles, the Commanders again, the Vikings, the Colts, and then the Eagles again. Yeah, so it's tough. There is a very realistic chance the Lions and the Seahawks could be those last two wildcard teams if if the NFC East isn't careful. I could give them – I could see them beating the Commanders like as a possibility – like if I were to give them some realistic victories, I'd give them Colts and Commanders, which would make them nine, nine, six and one, or nine, nine, seven and one. Mm-hmm. So by the I way, think that's guys, realistic. Next weekend, we could have up to seven teams eliminated from the playoffs. And you know, it's nice. It won't be any of our three teams, most likely. Exactly. Look at that. We're doing. We're winning. We're we're <laughs> on the up and up. Teams teams include. After tonight, the New Orleans Saints, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Denver Broncos, and the Los Angeles Rams are all, are all have the possibility of being eliminated next week. And then you have the Colts and Cardinals, who are also very close to that, as well as the Packers. And the the Packers are hanging on, so the Steelers. But as the weeks as we start coming down the course of Christmas, towards Christmas, you're going to see a lot more of those teams start to get eliminated. So I honestly think when this Within two weeks, I think the last two teams sniffing it are the Falcons at the back end of that division. If the Bucks somehow lose tonight, the Bucks win tonight, the Falcons are screwed. The Falcons season's over. Put in Desmond Ritter a call today. Um, so then that basically leave the the um the Raiders who have somehow won three out of their last four. Good job, Raiders. Um, the Lions were one of the hottest teams of football, and the Browns with Watson somehow have st- are still alive. That being said, then you have like basically the juggernaut of the rest of the teams. It's the back end of the sk- the this last five games are going to be a freaking sprint. So it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very refreshing to not be in the conversation of teams that are going to be eliminated once December hits. Because usually I'm the one that's like within the I, I hold on for maybe the second week of December that I'm out. Usually it's the first week, but it's nice. Yeah. You know? Okay. We have breaking news. The Heisman finalists have been announced. The Nominees are Caleb Williams coming off of that horrifying performance against Utah, CJ Stroud, Stetson Bennett, the mailman, and America's freaking quarterback, Max Dugan. I am so hyped that guy got a fucking invite. Dude, that guy was cut up at that game. He ran that entire field himself. He's like, I'm just going to do this for my own team because they're not and catching the ball. the fact that they didn't try to have him run that last drive was just like 
He was so yeah. wiped. I I would if I was if I was him I would have just called a, a pull and go like like one of those fake handoff up the middle and just roll out wide because that entire um, Kansas State team was in like they were all pinching there was nobody on contain. He could have pulled and ran so easily, but you know what? Gotta love Max Dugan's effort, man. That was that was awesome. Like I'm I'm pulling for TCU in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. Also. That being said, the playoff has been announced, as well as announced on Sunday. Uh, number one seed, obviously, is Georgia. Number two seed is Michigan. No surprises there. Number three seed is ten, Texas Christian, TCU. And number four is Ohio State. Ladies and gentlemen, we have survived another possible Alabama sneak-in. It will not happen this year. God bless America. God bless the college football um, selection committee. And God bless Texas Christian for putting up a damn fight. Mm-hmm. I think Mason's looking towards the sky like, yes, God. Yes. There is a God. I'm happy that, that uh, we got a Big 12 team in and that USC, thank God, you know, somehow fumbled. I mean, just fumbled a very good opportunity to get in. Um, and, and, yeah, so it was great. It was great seeing him lose, and I couldn't be happier. Oh, this is interesting. The Diamondbacks are one of the more likely spots to land Xander Bogarts. That's interesting. Not bad. He's on the tail end of his career, but he's only about early 30s, maybe 31. I mean, give him a four. I'll take a four-year deal with. Oh uh, yeah, no, easily. He's he's at a fantastic defensive shortstop. He's not what he used to be offensively at times. Or he's not always healthy, but he's fantastic at defense. I mean, listen. I would love us to take a big swing, spend or half our payroll on Correa, but I know he wouldn't get. I mean, listen. He would hit 40 bombs in that stadium, no question. That the way that that ball carries out of there, he hit 40 bombs. But no, he uh, just yeah, turned he just turned 30 this year, so he's all right, Xander. Xander and I think what Chris my age, right? He's 27. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's young. Yeah. He's like 27, 28. So I mean, listen, he's gonna go to LA. He, listen, throw Xander a four-year deal with that lot with that young lineup and have him and Cattell Marte as a one-two punch of the double play ball, that's fine by me. I will happily have that with the, with the with the D-backs lineup. Go get us another pitcher. We've we've been signing quietly good bullpen guys and actually find us a fucking closer. That's a, that's a contending team. That's a wild card team in the NL. So I'm happy. Um, but the big news, guys: Degrom to the Rangers, big time. Scherzer to the Mets, and yeah, Trey Turner to the Phils. Verlander. Absolutely hilarious. We'll get there. Matt's not happy what Kate Upton said. <laughs> no, I don't care. I was just correcting you. She said Scherzer to the Mets. It was Verlander. Oh yeah, yeah. So Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, I'm, I'm. I mean, I, obviously, I love Verlander. I think he's he's a fantastic pitcher. He's going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher, <clears throat> multi Cy Young Award winner. Um, I got. If I'm personally, I'd I'd look a little more youthful. I'd look at Rondon. Um, I don't want to give him anything major, even though that's what he's going to want. Because, but I don't know yeah, if you wrote on your stadium. I don't. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that I don't want at my stadium that are there because of Brian Cashman. who just got a four year deal for not doing anything for the last thirteen years. So there's a lot. You of get a participation trophy. He's a GM. I'm not gonna lie. He's. I don't know. I don't know why you didn't go for Castillo and you decide to go the cheaper route for Montas and look how that paid out. Um, so I don't know. There's that prospect. I think that <clears throat> international prospect from Japan that's supposed to be coming to the MLB as a pitcher. Um, 
But um, no, so yeah, you got that happening. You got Trey Turner to the Phillies, like 11 years. You got through two years of the third year option for Verlander. You got a five year deal with DeGrom to the Rangers. Now you have Carlos Correa linked to the Dodgers after Trey Turner walks. You got Xander linked to um, the Diamondbacks. And then you got Aaron Judge, who's apparently going to be in person at the winter meetings tomorrow, who's supposed to make his decision, I guess, in the next couple of days. I'm freaking out about that. Hey, well, maybe you guys are just holding out for Otani, and and that wouldn't be too bad either, right? Uh, yeah, I, man, I don't even want to think about what that would cost to get that right. guy. Right, of course, because that would be that would probably be like your top five prospects, like one through five, plus <clears throat> some MLB starting cow. Like they'll probably want to pitcher all your prospects and somebody in the outfield to make up for that loss. That'd be insane. Yeah, a trade for him would be, I mean, just ridiculous. But then, I mean, isn't he on his last year of his deal? They did arbitrary. I got to look it up. They did do an arbitrary thing with him. Um, I would go as far as to say I think this would be a trade for him, I think would break the record books. Like the the most wildest, biggest trade in MLB history would be for this guy. Sorry about that, boys. I got a little uh, frog in my throat. Um, I oh, I think you're correct. He's going to be a free agent, I believe, after this coming season. Right. Oh, yeah. Not is- not sure where he would go. I mean, I I guess maybe he could stay, but it just feels like the Angels are like not heading in any sort. They have no direction, right? Like they yeah. never really have. Um, they've somehow managed to waste. Trout's, you know, stay there and, and they have nothing to show for it. So I just feel like Otani, he has to go somewhere else, right? I mean, there's just no way that he stays and, and just continues to collect, you know, personal awards, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you were saying, the Angels franchise is a franchise. They bring in, like, they bring in Mike Trout, they bring in Otani, they bring in Anthony Rendon, they bring in Noah Syndergaard. And it just does, it just seems like no matter who, they bring into that franchise they just they can't get over the hump no matter what manager they hire whether they won a world series or not it just never works out so it's just a franchise like you were saying just they take the talent and they're like you're gonna retire here you're not gonna do anything just be content and get paid and just move on and sit on the couch knocked over yeah <clears throat> fair it's gonna be interesting because like we we've kind of had like everything start to kick off but if memory serves me correctly usually this week is the most wild week of the baseball hot stove because everyone's st- the winter meetings, I believe what end like in a day or two, I believe yeah, maybe. I think Wednesday, Wednesday. And then you have the residual two days after where everyone's making the actual deals, but I- I'm not going to lie. I really think tomorrow and maybe even tonight, once the show's over, we're going to get like a ridiculous, like sound like someone's gonna be like, what, what's happening now? I um. Anybody else have a feeling a big name star like a Correa, Judge, somebody like that's gonna like, an- like uh, we're gonna have another Degrom thing where he's gonna go to a random team. Well, I mean, Texas wasn't completely random, but like they were definitely not the favorite in the clubhouse. Anybody got else got that little itching vibe like so, like the Rockies are about to go pull like Carlos Correa or something? Possibly. I just feel like Correa maybe you know going from the Astros to the Twins. 
maybe kind of tested out that sort of theory that you're talking about where, you know, he wanted to go to kind of a fringe team that was maybe going to contend just to see if he could push him over the hump, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I think he's just out on that now. Now, you know, now that he's seen what it's like to, to watch, you know, the playoffs from home, I think he's just completely out on that. And he'll probably end up going to, like Matt said, the Dodgers. I mean, shoot, maybe maybe he goes to the Red Sox, right? Like maybe if they get rid of Bogarts and he leaves, they they sign Correa. You never know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just feel like, uh, you know, he was on the Astros for so many years and they were so successful. And now he, you know, why would he want to sit around in Minnesota, right? There's just no way. Yeah, I'm, my biggest fear is I think the only person that you could really think of that would shock the world in a situation Jared's talking about would be Aaron Judge right now. I think um, I think that's really the unknown. It's you know everybody thinks it's going to be the Yankees or the Giants, but what if the Sox swoop in? What if the Cardinals swoop in? You know, what if some random team swoops in and just kind of just takes up the flyer on him or anything like that? Um, so that's that's my biggest fear is the, the the biggest news that we could find. That's just a blockbuster. Like, holy crap, I can't believe the Seattle Mariners just did that or whatever. Other than that, I think it's going to be pretty predictable. I think Carlos Correa will go to um, the Dodgers. I could see. I can see. I think Bogarts is going to walk because I think the Red Sox really want to figure out some way to make some room to pay Rafael Devers. Yes. Um, but I, I could see Bogarts walk into the Diamondbacks or something like that. Um, I could see Rendon or another pitcher going to the Yankees because they need that. I, I think it's going to be pretty predictable, like just players going to teams that need that position. But Judge, to me, would be the only one that would shock me if he went anywhere else but the Yankees or the Giants. <clears throat> Yeah, agree with that. Agree with that. I think you're spot on, Matt. So right now, boys, um, DraftKings is offering me a five fifty payout on a two dollar bet, and it's nine sixty if I win. Uh, Pre Saints Bucks, do I do it? No. Yeah, I would say no. <laughs> All right, I'm not that cheap. <laughs> What are the? Uh, I'm assuming DraftKings has some better odds for you. Um, right now, Bucks are minus nine one ninety five, and Saints are plus one sixty five. I think that's actually better than FanDuel by a little bit. DraftKings odds are actually better. Fan, I honestly tried using FanDuel this weekend to try to buck my bad my bad luck streak. No, it's it's worse. I, I I'm like, when did FanDuel get this shitty? Like, I thought it was a great app, and I was like. How did DraftKings become the good one? Yeah, DraftKings makes me feel like I'm on like I'm shopping on some sketchy website and I'm, I should just be going on like Amazon or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like DraftKings just like DraftKings is so much easier to use. FanDuel everything feels like so over like like what the fuck. Also DraftKings same gay parlays are better. You can bet on more shit. You can get more That's creative. True. FanDuel they kind of lock you into things. <clears throat> so that being said, speaking of parlays, who's ready to talk some Monday Night Football, gents? I'm always ready for some Monday Night Football, especially when it's somewhat of an okay game. I mean, this isn't yeah. a terrible game, but it's technically a divisional game. This is a game where I don't even care if I'm like supposed to be doing something upstairs. I will have this game split screen or something else. So, folks, you remember the game last week? Matt and I will put a dollar or two down on the same game parlay. Nothing big, nothing crazy. 
and Mason will judge our parlay to see whose is better. Then we'll pick the game, obviously. So, well, Mason will do his pick because Matt and I have to say our pick is part of the parlay. So, I, of course, because I already have money riding on this game, I will pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as my money line. Matt, who are you taking for your money line? Uh, I'm going to go. Wait, why is it not letting me do the whole the entire same game? It's only letting me do pop. Oh, enables that would make a lot of sense if I click enable same game bar. Like I'm gonna take the the Saints. I'm gonna go with the upset. All right, all right. So we need um, Mason. Your call today. One or two anytime touchdown scores. One or two anytime. Uh, so I would say. I would say Olave is a pretty good, pretty good bet for just any time. Uh, wouldn't say twice, but but any time. I think Olave is the is the best receiver for the Saints. So I think it's a it's a pretty solid bet to take him. I was and then maybe say, how many we should we do per bet? But I like that recommendation actually. Yeah, yeah, I do like Olave as well. I think he's gonna. I think he can get at least one. I don't know. I'm, I'm having a feeling if I were to pick a Buccaneer, I'm I'm just having a feeling. Big about, bad Lenny. That's who I'm rolling with. I don't My know. Boy. Is he playing? I think he's playing. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I I thought it was game time decision, and I haven't heard anything up until All this right. point. So we're going to Rap Sheets Twitter. Yeah. My other my gut was uh, Chris Godwin. Right. Yeah. Got. See, my thing is, is that Godwin's had about two really good games now in a row where he's just completely feasting. And I just feel like at some point it's got to, it's got the runs got to stop. Um, And and Mike Evans is going to start getting those receptions again, but Hey, uh, I've got Godwin in fantasy. So hopefully uh, it doesn't end tonight. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a throwing type game. Like by if it's not by both teams, I think it's going to be by the Saints to where I think the, the Buccaneers could take a lead and then they've got to just abandon their run and just start dumping the passes off. So I like that one. I'm not doing first touchdown score. I never get that. Uh, so, Jared, uh, your man Fournette will be playing tonight. All right. Give me Lenny for any time touchdown. I need a second one. I'm going to go with the kids. I'm going to go with the kid, man. Mason, I'm riding with you tonight. Give me Chris Olave for an anytime touchdown as well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I took Olave and Godwin. All righty. Um, I am now. This is where me and Matt can get funky. I am going to take a passing prop. Give me Tom. Give me Andy Dalton for at least one interception. Like that. Like that a lot. All right, Matt, you're up. Um, I'm going to go over to Tom Brady's passing yards. I'm thinking he's going to have – I feel like he's going to have a pretty big game today. It's usually these are always pretty close games. I, I feel like he's going to throw for over the 279.5. Is that too much of a stretch or do you think that's uh, – I was going to run with the 280 for 125, so I, I'm, I'm on the same boat as you. Yeah, I think it's solid. I think that's a solid choice. I just feel like nothing is going right with the Saints team right now. Offense, defense, special teams, it's all just kind of, you know, sort of crummy. And, um, yeah, I could see I could see Tom kind of start to get in that, you know, start to hit a rhythm like they kind of have started for the past two games and, and go for maybe, maybe 300 yards. I don't know. There you go. Um 
I actually just made sure I, I uh, opted in for a boost so I actually could uh, get the bonus for it because um, I'm, I'm being smart here. Wow, my, my app just uh, my app just died. Um, <laughs> you're up. I also took Alvin Kamara plus 40 yards uh, rushing. I feel like Alvin's actually going to have a good game today. So, Yeah, I was going to say I like that one a lot too. Um, I'm also, since Leonard Fournette's playing, I'm not going to go crazy, but I'm going to take the over on the 39.5 rushing for him as well. Because mm. even if he has a limited share, I think 40 yards is pretty manageable for him to get on the ground as well. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, let me just, I gotta basically redo my parlay. Like, this is really bad. Yeah. I think I took, um, I did I do Tom Brady with the passing yards. I think I stayed away from Tom. Oh, no, I didn't. I, I agreed with you. Uh, no, what, what did I say? It was the alternate passing yards that took over 280. Yeah. And yes. then I took Dalton with an interception. I don't have him throwing two today. I think the offense just won't get on the field much. I have Camara with plus 39 and a half yards. And um, for a receiving prop, give me Godwin with over 54 and a half receiving yards. I like that. One. I like that. Yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt's got TD anytime TD for him. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, it would help me out a lot if he just sort of, you know, quietly becomes the WR one for the, for the bucks. I would love it. And I'm here's I, my ballsy pick of the night, by the way. And then my yep. parlay finished. Give me five total sacks in the game. <clears throat> nice. I like your receiving prop, and I raise you the over on Chris Olave, 64 and a half receiving tonight. Ooh. Okay. All right. So let's put our money where our mouth is. I am enacting my 65% bonus, making this a $1,485,000 amount. So we're putting $2 down. This pays out 300 bucks. Our bet. High rollers, kids. Dude, if I hit this bonus, I'm Venmoing you both ten bucks. Mason, I'll throw you fifteen for the Olave pick. Sweet. (laughs) My odds are twenty grand. Well, not twenty grand to win, but I got twenty thousand odd. If I, you know, the five bucks down, it'll win me just about a grand. All right. So you know what? If all right. So we're agreed. We'll throw each other percentage if we win. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the rules. We're not socialists here. We're capitalists. <laughs> Every we everybody eats. We we eat the employee. We eat the employees get employee bonuses. I received three profit boosts today. What the shit? Where did I receive profit boosts? Whatever. I'll figure that one out later. Um. All right. Y'all ready for our first? Uh, so we're gonna quickly review. The one sentence game, um, as we go back to the crazy before I hit one sentence, we're review the six pack before I get the timer out. So we're gonna speed run through this twelve game par twelve game two game two parlay loadout we did. Uh, Utah USC. All I'm gonna say is USC on a Friday night. I should have known better. Matt got the dub. I did not. Kansas State TCU. If TCU was better at play calling, we me and Matt would have won this one. Yep. LSU Georgia. If anybody actually picked LSU to co- covering was stupid, but anybody picking LSU outright was a dummy. All right, Purdue and Michigan. Uh, come on, same thing. Uh, UCF and Tulane. To quote my friend of the Craft Brew Sports Podcast, Caesar Tulane is a wagon. All right, uh, UNC Clemson. UNC put up a fight for five minutes. Um, 
Commies and Giants. <laughs> they fucking tied. <laughs> um, Jets and Vikings. God damn it, Braxton. Yeah. Dolphins and 49ers. I heard uh, Tua. You ain't that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Um, Birds and Titans. Crank him, John. Or, I'm sorry, no. Crank him, AJ. Yeah, Tua was out there killing. Like, what's that with the Danny DeVito going, ooh, kill him. Like, literally those TikTok memes. <laughs> I just saw them in my head watching this game today. The Eagles smacked around the Titans like a bad UFC fight. Chiefs, Bengals. Where's Cat Williams? You shouldn't be talking shit. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt got the dub for that one. I got the dub. And we've also got the dub for Titans Birds. And for Browns Texans, despite his R. Kelly lookalike suit, the Browns took on the offensive list Texans. And beat the snot out of them. It was ugly. For a final score of Jared 5, Matt 9. Matt extends his lead to like 8 now. Looks a lot like Matt's getting a sauce garden in jersey unless he really blows it in the next five weeks. It is possible, but I hope not. I want my sauce jersey. We'll be throwing it. Yeah, I know. I want my I want my Jalen Hurts jersey. All right. So, by the way, at the end of the show, folks, after the one sentence game, we will be talking about our favorite Christmas movies. We are horsing along today. I am proud of us. What do you guys, What did you guys think, by the way, of my like Mad Lib style way of reading off those games just now? I I enjoyed it very much, especially when you got to the tie and you started laughing. That was great. Well, I thought, I thought it was wonderful, Jared. Thank you, Mason. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> that is not at all ass kissing whatsoever. All <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say about this is though, I used to do that with the one sentence game. But it's hard to deliver a good comedic sentence when the game is a tragedy like that freaking Cleveland Browns and Texans game was. And it's hard because now I'm doubling up material for some of the, for six of those games. This should be interesting. I will say this, though, going forward. I will try to keep those Mad Libs alive. Um, <clears throat> anything else before we get into the one-sentence game, fellas? No, I'm ready to hop right into it. I got nothing. Let's do it. All right, you guys know the rules, and so do I. All right, we are doing 20-second timer. If it's too – after this, if it's too bad, we will actually end up starting – we'll do – you know what? I'll give you 25 seconds because I'm that nice. Uh, what are we doing for it? Nope. 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 Ah, that sucks. Eh, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do the beacon. There we go. Perfect. All right. I said I said 25 minutes because I'm dyslexic, apparently. <laughs> All right. Start off first Thursday night football. Bills, Patriots. Gentlemen, start your engines. Matt, you're up first. Um, just not not surprising at the end of the day. I mean, I, I did pick the, the uh Patriots to get an upset victory over the Buffalo Bills, but at the same time, I wasn't gonna be surprised either way this went. Josh Allen hasn't been playing up to Josh Allen's standards as of late. Oop, just shut my light off. But um, I mean he had an okay game, 223 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but at the end of the I mean it's still a divisional matchup, it's gonna go either way. I was hoping to see Mac Jones from the last week, but he did not show up, so we got the Bills with the victory. So it is what it is at the end of the day. There you go. So 30, 31 seconds, not terrible. All right, Mason, talk about your bill, your your Patriots for twenty five seconds. Go. Very underwhelming offensive performance. Uh, nothing new with that. 
Uh, defense, you know, holding the Bills to 24, I don't know what else you can ask for. Uh, that's about as, as good as you're going to do. If the offense can't match that, I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, so very underwhelming performance, very frustrating as a Patriots fan. Look at that. The kid's on the money here. All righty. For myself, I'll make this even faster. The pay- Bills finally flew over the cuckoo's nest. If your coordinators look like Steve Belichick, Matt Patricia, and Joe Judge, you may be a dumbass. At least in this case. I have – Patriots are banking in this year. This is the karma for the last 20 years. The Bills took care of business. Next. <laughs> All right. Moving on. We're going to do Bills and Titans and Eagles. Sorry. I'll start. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts put up an MVP-type performance. I don't want him to win because I'd rather get a Super Bowl. But 380 through the air and, like, I don't even think the Eagles ran more than 20 times and they still put a, they still put up 35 points. The, the, oh, by the way, Devontae Smith had 100 yards receiving. And the Eagles had, like, seven sacks. So, yeah, no, that was a, just a great win. And they held Derrick Henry to 30 yards. All right, Matt, go! Um, another one as expected. Last show I called, I said I was going to take the Eagles' money line. I was going to take the over of Jalen Hurts' passing and the touchdowns. I was going to take the over of Jalen of AJ Brown's receiving and two anytime touchdowns. All of that hit, and I forgot to make the bet. I probably I don't even want to know about how much money I missed out on. Dude, which is I missed fun. out on like a hundred dollars. I feel like. yeah. So it's very unfortunate, but at the end of the day. As I predicted, perfectly fine. They still got the victory, and the Titans are kind of coming back down to reality. Fair enough. All righty, Mason, 25 seconds, go! Uh, Eagles are hot, man. They're looking like they they could be the best team in the league. I, I might take them over the Bills at this exact moment. Can't say that later on in the year. But, uh, yeah, like Matt said, Titans are coming back down to reality. Tannehill sucks. And if you're not going to be able to run the ball with Derrick Henry, you're not going to be able to win the game. Oh, this kid's on fire, man. He's ending perfectly <laughs> at one second. Mason's a fucking natural. Either he's got like an internal timer in his fucking head. You should probably check his dorm room, see if he's got like a clock right there. No, All right, no clock Falcons. Oh, sorry. Mason, finish. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I was nothing. All right. Steelers Falcons. I don't know what was more pathetic, the fact that I watched only 30 seconds of this game or the fact that this the final score had less than 20 points each. Uh, Mason, uh, I was calling for Mitch Trubisky versus Desmond Ritter. The quarterback play was so bad. Matt, you're yeah. up. Yeah, no, uh, very just snooze fest of the game. Piggybacking off what you just said. I mean, listen to these stats. Kenny Pickett, 16 for 28, 197 yards and a touchdown. Marcus Mariota, 13 for 24, 167 yards, touchdown, one interception. Identical stats minus the interception. Um, not an exciting game. Steelers are getting hot. Maybe, maybe just enough for them to not finish under five, under uh, 500 for Mike Tomlin's first time in his NFL career. Um, but other than that, still not sold on Kenny Pickett. You're getting better. You're only a second over. Mason, Falcon Steelers, go. Snooze fest, uh, mid-quarterback play, uh, very few stars on both sides. So so just a very uh, – not, not a fun game to watch, right? Um, so as expected, uh, underwhelming score, Steelers win. Probably didn't miss anything by not watching this game. Perfect. Um, next up, we're going to – Soldier Field for a game with super like 
deceptive highlights. If you only watch the highlights and didn't check the score, you think the Bears were kicking the Packers' ass. I look, I'm like, wait, when the hell did the Packers score 28 points? So, yeah, um, we expected this. Packers aren't that bad of a team. They're literally the definition of mid. The Bears have a long way to go. Um, Packers are heating up at the wrong time because yeah. their pretty much hopes of anything are pretty much just dwindled down to nothing. Uh, Justin Fields should probably just start throwing for 130 yards or less again because over 254 yards and he has two interceptions. He ran that touchdown in, but at the end of the day, Justin Fields has got a bright future, and you know they just they got to build a team around him. There you go. I think we should rebrand this the 25 second game. I think that's actually kind of clever. It's working. There you go. All right, Mason. Uh, you know, kind of like you guys said, just a very average matchup. Rodgers owned Chicago yet again. Uh, nothing new there. Uh, Christian Watson. I mean, what in the world is he on right now? Just a crazy run that he's on. And um, if the Bears thought that they were going to get any other result in this one, mm-hmm. when you look at your receiving core, um, you're, 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 I, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> there you go. All right. I don't know why the alarm's getting so quiet. It's actually annoying me. Um, next on the list, Jaguars and Lions. I'll keep this really fast. Um, there's my ringtone working. Thank God. Hmm. All right. So that being said, uh, I'll start now. Lions, Jags, quickly. Um, Lions, the hot team of football. I said it already. You cannot stop Jam- Jamal uh, Williams inside the red zone. Everyone's bleeding at old biting kneecaps, MCDC. Mm-hmm. And um, the Jags aren't a bad team. They're just mid. They're a decent mid team, but they're mid. The Lions are the best, are the worst best team in the league. Mm-hmm. This was two teams that are both on the come up. The Lions, I think, are just a little step ahead of the Jaguars right now. But this is who the Lions are this team that just played are the ones we thought we were going to get at the beginning of the season. So it's nice to see them coming up now. I just wish that obviously it happened earlier on. But listen, credit to Detroit. The defense is starting to come back. Offense is lighting up, and Dan Campbell's getting some wins. There you go. Mason, go. Just an old-school fashion, an old-fashioned, old-school beatdown. Make some of my words there. But um, Jaguars, it seems like every single game where they gain a little bit of ground and maybe get a little bit of momentum, the next game they just get crushed. Um, ETN with a terrible game coming off the foot injury. And uh, Goff looking sharp, thrown for 340 yards, two touchdowns, 31 completions. If Goff can keep on balling, you know, hey, maybe we've got something here in Detroit. There you go. All righty, moving on. We are looking at, sorry, Matt, Jets-Vikings. I'm going to make this quick because this game broke my heart. My NFL parlay died with this. And then, you know, the Bengals doing what they're supposed to do. God's (laughs) work. Um, I'll make this quick. Braxton Berrios is better than that catch. The fact that Kirk Cousins start off the game over five is amazing. Um, Sauce Gardner is the real deal. So is Jay Jets. Both teams are going to make the playoffs. Both teams are legitimate, but neither team will win the Super Bowl. I hope and pray that both teams make the playoffs. That would mean my team gets into the playoffs. Um, Positives from the game, I thought Mike White looked pretty good. I know he had two interceptions, but he moved the ball well with the offense, and the team looks like they're playing a lot harder for him than they were for Zach Wilson. Um, Sauce Gardner was good. Justin Jefferson was only held to 45 yards, and again, Braxton Barrios should have caught that in the end zone. 
Um, so it's an unfortunate loss, but I, I enjoyed the fact that the team played hard and Mike White did look pretty good for circumstances. There you go. All right, Mason. Backbreaker for Jets fans. Um, something I'm sure you have been, you know, accustomed to over many years, Matt. Oh, yes. Um, and, and on the Vikings, I'm just, I'm not convinced. I'm really not convinced with this defense. I know they can move the ball on offense. That's not the issue. That's never been the issue. But um, come playoff time, you're going to have to get timely stops, and you're going to have to get several of them. So I'm just not convinced um, that Minnesota is going to be able to, like Jared said, make the Super Bowl. I don't see him in the Super Bowl. Um, Vikings, not sold on him. There you go. All right. Moving on, we are looking at <laughs> oh my god this made me happy this is a nice early christmas present look at the presents under the tree <laughs> the commanders and the giants tie and what makes it even better it's the giants missing a field goal to make them a tie <laughs> but i love seeing saquon score touchdowns i'm going to say that also hey heineke uh when you tie a game what color jordan <clears throat> do you buy do you buy brown ones for you playing like shit in the fourth quarter or what <laughs> um yeah no i just love it uh, I mean, Heineke had the better game out of the two, going 27 That's for 41 for 275. No, it's not. But, I mean, Daniel Jones had a Daniel Jones game. He went 25 for 31 for 200 yards and a, and a touchdown. Um, the kicker, pun intended, is just the fact that Graham Gano missed that 58-yard field goal after he just made a 48-yarder before. Um, it's unfortunate. I had Bianca watch the game, watch my game while we were driving, and she's yelling at the game thinking that something bad's happening on mine, but it's just her team tying. So it was a whirlwind of emotions for that. Yeah, yeah, no. All right, Mason, go. Um, another mid-off, both terrible quarterbacks. Uh, the Giants are going to, as long as they have Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback, they're only going to be as good as Daniel Jones plays. So if he's going to give you 200 and a touchdown, most times probably not going to cut it. So uh, just, just a mid-off, you know, very unsatisfactory game. Really glad I went without seeing anything from this game. Amen that, amen to that, brother. All right, speaking of games I'm thanking I missed. God, this was ugly. Tyler Huntley versus Russell Wilson. Somebody bet the over on that one. You're the dumb. You're the dummy here. Um. All right. I forgot to hit the timer. Fuck it. I'll do it live. Um. All I'm gonna say is both these teams are terrible. Uh, the Ravens are just terrible about Lamar Jackson. Pay the damn man, but you won't get him receiver, so it doesn't matter. Matt. Uh, probably the worst football game I could have ever experienced in my life right now. I mean, <laughs> I think this speaks to a different level. You watch both Broncos. What do you mean? I don't know. Listen to this. Like, you, you, the Broncos are so bad that they knock out Lamar Jackson early on. And then James Prochet, a wide receiver, throws an interception. And then they have Tyler Huntley come in and throws an interception. And they still lose. They still find a way to lose, and it just blows my mind that Nathaniel Hackett still has a job. That's all I have to say. All right. Here we go. Mason. Uh, it, it sucks seeing the Ravens this down bad. You know, you're right. You're right, Jared. I don't know what their plan is if they don't re-sign Lamar Jackson or at least franchise tag him at the minimum. Um, get some receivers around the guy. I know he's not the best throw in the world, but you know what? He, he can do just about what most of these average quarterbacks are capable of. 
So you know what? Find him some receivers and just bang. Fair. Um, next up, uh, my phone unfreezes itself. Fucking ESPN is the worst. Um, technical difficulties here. Why does this app have to freeze? Okay. I believe it should be Houston, Cleveland. Yeah, next. Brown Texans. Somehow the Texans put up 14 points. I thought they weren't allowed to score offense today, man. They they were playing bigger defense than uh Deshaun Watson's defense attorney, man. It was awful. Five nothing was the five to nine was the score at halftime, I think, or five to ten. It's like, am I watching baseball? What's what what's the deal here? So that being said, um, that was atrocious. I'm so happy I don't have to watch that ever again. Um, yeah. Uh Watson looked terrible. But thank God they won because I needed that in my parlay. Because for some reason, something just felt <laughs> wrong about bringing the victims to the game. And I was like, this is going to somehow affect karma in a weird way where Watson actually might win this. So that being said, I hate this whole situation. I hate this game. I hate this whole thing. Matt, go. I mean, the Browns only won because of their defense. I think everybody expected Deshaun Watson to have a rusty start, and that is exactly what he did. He completed just maybe 53% of his passes, had 131 yards in interception, um, 21 yards on seven carries. Who thinks it's a good idea to bring the victims to the game, being like, you know, we have Kyle Allen. We don't have John Mechie or anything, and, you know, we have a mid-offense and our defense is terrible. Let's bring them here and watch them have a victory No. Deshaun Watson, the Browns just walked all over him. Credit to the Browns' defense because that's who won the game. There you go. Um, Mason. Uh, yeah, so Browns' defense won the game. Very glad that I picked him up in two of my leagues for fantasy. Uh, helped me win both of those matchups. Watson, you know, when you don't play an NFL game in 700-plus days, this is probably the performance that you're going to put up. So if you were optimistic on Watson, don't uh, overreact. You know, probably how he was always going to play regardless. Um, and, yeah, bringing the victims to the to the game, probably not the best decision. Fair enough. All righty. Moving on. We are talking Rams-Seahawks. I think Pete Carroll is sitting there looking at his retirement fund saying, I quote, I love Geno Smith. This man has kept my career alive. I might make the playoffs on the simple fact that this man is out here slinging rockets. They might win that division too, because, you know, we got Jimmy G that just broke his foot. Um, this game was actually a lot better than I thought it'd be. I thought this was going to be a, a, just a God awful game. I mean, we learned a couple things. John Walford sucks at football. And Cam Akers is sucks at running back. I mean, you had 17 carries against a Seattle defense. That's not very good. And you only mustered 60 yards. Like, yeah, you had two touchdowns. That's great. But you only got 60 yards on that entire defense. Rams probably could have and should have won this game. But Seattle, Geno Smith came back, saving Pete Carroll's job for another week. There you go. All righty, Mason. The more the Rams lose, the bigger my smile gets. Uh, I love seeing the L.A. Rams lose. Jesus, you've been um, after and, them this week, this last two weeks. Yes, hate the Rams. Don't like them. Um, and it's just fun. The, Se the Seahawks are a fun story. You know, Geno Smith balling out like he is. I mean, 367, three TDs. You know, he did have a pick. 28 completions on 39 attempts. This is all with Kenneth Walker leaving pretty early in the game. 
Um, I don't I don't know how you can dislike him. I guess if you like one of their in division rivals, but um, the Seahawks are just a fun team to root for. There you go. All righty. Um, sorry, was switching something up in my uh, top ten list or top five. Um, next up on the docket, we're talking 49ers Dolphins. I know I said Tua, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. I will also say this: the 49ers defense is so damn good. As long as they don't play, like, I also think. Can I just say? I'm going to say this quick because I have about ten seconds. Um, the Dolphins haven't played a lockdown defense since Buffalo, so that's all I'm going to say about this. Yeah, the um, San Francisco's defense is the real deal, and I think they have the capability to win games even without um, Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Uh, but it's interesting to see Miami play the Niners, which, like you said, this is their first top like elite defense that they played since the Bills. So it's interesting to see how Tua reacted to that. They finally got brought down to earth with Tua's first loss of the year. And my last remark for this game is, don't be surprised if the Niners take a waiver claim on uh, on Baker Mayfield. I'm thinking Baker go to the Bay. Shanahan kind of was like, yeah, I like Baker, but we're good with Brock Purdy. I was like, Ooh. Uh, that's some bullshit right there. We all know that's some smoke. I don't so know. We'll, that, we'll that, that's, that's 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 I smoked this fire, man. I don't know. I think I, I think Kyle I Shanahan's that delusional. At the end of hey, the listen, day, you want to bring you want to bring Brock Purdy to Philadelphia in January? Be my guest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't think you know Baker Mayfield's any is, is amazing, obviously, but I would take him over Brock Purdy right now. Yeah, I I would take Baker. I want to see what Baker can do in that offense. I think Baker honestly could be like tear it up. Or he could also be dog shit. We don't know. Yeah, it's Baker. You're playing Russian roulette with him. Mason. Uh, everyone who was high on Tua, you know, balling out against these mid-level, mid-grade defenses, this is all you needed to see. Play the top-tier defense and, um, you know, still found a way to get it to Tyreek. He balled out, but Tua with another very unsatisfactory game. Uh, there's just, there's no way when this team gets into the playoffs, there's just, there's, there's not a Super Bowl run in this team. I'm calling it right now. I think I will say, I, I we're not going to completely shit on the Dolphins. I think they're a solid wildcard team. I think they're the second best team. I'll say they're the fifth best team. They're perfectly right. They're the fifth best team in the AFC behind the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, and, um, I actually in a fourth. So yeah. And then I'd say Jets. And then I, I, I take the Ravens. Ravens I still take and then, the Ravens over over yeah, Miami, but that's my personal. I, I don't know. I would I it, listen in a shootout. Give me Miami because the Ravens defense is good, but not that good. Like I think I still think Waddle or um, Tyree could get loose, and that's a problem. Um, see, the 49ers play good ball control. That's why if you put the way to beat the Dolphins is you play ball control. You keep the ball out of Tyreek and Jalen Waddle's hands as long as possible, and you get after two and make him throw short. So you beat him. All right. Chiefs and Bungles. Once again, to quote the great Cat Williams, said him in talking shit. Um, Justin <laughs> Reed looked like a fool. Uh, Joe Cool looking great. Um, T. Higgins just and Jamar Chase just were just taking numbers. In that game, man, I, I the, the, that receiving core for the Bengals is unreal, and also Shamaji Pirine just runs fucking angry. Like, who pissed this man off, Matt? Oh, um, listen, every great has their kryptonite. 
like I know Tom Brady, you know, Eli Manning had his number, especially in the playoffs and everything. But you look at Patrick Mahomes and his kryptonite right now is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is 3-0 in his career against Patrick Mahomes right now. And, yeah, credit to Justin Reed for talking all that smack. I know none of the receivers on the Bengals had over 100 yards, but each one had anywhere from, you know, four to seven receptions for anywhere from 50 to 97 yards. Um, T. Higgins had the touchdown, obviously, but just shout out to the Bengals for taking care of business, especially when the Chiefs were getting a little too cocky. There you go. All righty then. So, Mason. Yeah, it just feels like maybe the Chiefs are, you know, still one of the elite teams in the NFL, but it just seems like maybe they came down a little when they lost Tyreek. Seems like Buffalo kind of closed the gap. It seems like Cincinnati's right there. And I think either of those two teams uh, could be the Kansas City Chiefs come January. There you go, dude. I got Mason. I got your credit, man. You are on fire. I think you've missed the twenty-five second mark once. This kid's a sharpshooter. Love man. that. Love that. He might be the oracle. We might have to. We might have to like keep him around like our good luck charm. Who's saying shit? Shit is that Mason's roommate in the background? Oh yeah, you can hear that. That was Bianca. She's playing Fortnite and she's getting oh. killed. Tell her switch to Warzone. It's more fun. Yeah, I gotta get the free versions. I think this new dude. Thing no, came you out. gotta buy. You gotta buy the damn game, bro. I'm telling you, it is it is worth it. Call didn't model for two is that shit. Hmm. Um, Chargers Raiders. Shout out to our girl Savannah. She was actually in attendance at the game. Um, Raiders are not bad anymore. That when they learn how to run the football, I I I I guess you know Josh Jacobs is that dude, and they get Darren Waller back next week possibly. Like the Raiders sneak in as a back end of the playoffs. I, I don't know, man. This is this is weird. And also, god damn, man, you guys are effing up Justin Herbert. <laughs> I um you know, the Lions and the Raiders are two fun teams I was looking forward to this season that got hot when I think it's just too late in the year to get hot for them. Also, I think Josh Jacobs is gonna get paid for this year, and I think he's gonna have like an Ezekiel Elliott thing where he kind of fades out after he gets paid. I just got that gut feeling with him. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I'm also counting the clock down to when just when uh, Brandon Staley gets fired. Um, last thing I'll say is the Chargers are just another receiver away from having a good offense. I mean, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you can't rely on their health. They need some other guy in there. All right, Mason. Yeah, I, I don't know how the Chargers continue to waste Herbert. I mean, he's such a freak athlete. He is. He's awesome. Um you know, doesn't really pass for a lot of touchdowns just because they've got Eckler. But I just don't know how Staley still has a job. I, I think if they miss the playoffs, he has to be out of a job. There's just no way around it. And uh, on the Raiders' side, looks like they're picking it up. Carr is finally um, learning how to pass the ball to Devontae Adams. So uh, maybe, maybe they make a little run at the playoffs here at the end of the season. I will say Devontae Adams is like still a top five receiver. Like yeah. honestly, if we made our top ten list of receivers today, like the list really hasn't changed much. I think everyone finally has gotten over like, oh, AJ Brown's not that good. No, no, he's that good. Yeah. Um I'd say it's J Jets at one. I'd say Jamar two, Devontae three. Uh I can't rank Cup this year, but Cup would be four. Um Five, I'd say either Devontae or um or AJ Brown or Tyreek. Uh 
Uh, throw in a couple other names there. Uh, who else am I missing here? Uh, I mean, did you say Waddle? You know, people. Uh, really uh, Waddle. I mean, maybe, but like Waddle's just like Waddle's got to prove to me he can just take over a game. Throw like DK CD. CD, I'll make ten. She CD said, was just said, CD was just Tyree, beating up on a bad call secondary. Devontae. De- De- I said Devontae. Uh, uh, Debo, J- yeah. Jamar. I said Jamar. He's not having a two. Stefan. So, oh, yeah, yeah Stefan. Uh, um, Stefan Diggs. Um, I feel like I'm missing so many guys, but it's uh, it's okay. It, it, this isn't the point. So maybe we'll do top 10 receivers next week. Um, also, by the way, uh, I think I figured it out. Like I once said, Jason Garrett is the Jeb Bush of head coaches. Um, I've now I've now discovered that the Los Angeles Chargers are the Anaheim Angels of football. Of oh, that's a perfect comparison right there. Boom! Put perfect. it on the board. I have won all have that won. talent just to go five hundred. Yep. Doesn't matter who they put on the goddamn roster; they're never going to do anything. And with it. to piggyback off of that top ten receivers thing, everybody in the beginning of the show when I first signed on before the season started thought I was crazy for ranking AJ Brown ahead of Debo and uh, DK Metcalf. But who I would did. you take right now, all out of the three, even before he got traded to the to the Eagles? I was. But a big who AJ do you Brown guy. listen? If you were to tell me right now, I would take. I think AJ Brown's the most productive out of all of them right now this season. But I think out of that, that 2019 class, uh, there's no touching AJ Brown. I think he's a because not only like DK is a great receiver. DK I think is is number two. I think Debo is severely overrated. I think D- Debo is still a top ten receiver, but Ayuk's doing so much damage in that offense. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, he Samuel, was just. Yeah, he yeah. was never going to match a season like he had last year, right? Like he was, he was never ever like, going to have. A similar season, so there it's just he peaked, and there was just no way he was going to be able to maintain it. Like if the I, Jets were to actually make the trade for him, I would have given up the later first round pick that I had, but the they wanted the tenth overall, and I was not going to touch that one. I thought that was yeah, too much. No, for him. no way, no yeah, way. Fair enough. All righty, uh, last game of the episode here. We're talking Colts Cowboys. Um, did like Jeff Saturday or Matt Ryan make a tiny dick joke in the press conference or say something <laughs> about their wives? Like, what the hell do they do deserve that beatdown? 30 unanswered in the fourth quarter. And uh yeah, that got like personal. That's how that game felt to me when I look at that score. Also, yeah, that um Saturday. Yeah, the only time a team ever puts 54 up on another team is usually if it's a pretty close game and it turns out to just be like a blowout shootout kind of thing. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, the Cowboys did what they were supposed to do, which was beat the Colts. Um, I do see a different level of intensity with the Colts under Jeff Saturday. Uh, I just don't think they have the firepower to finish it off right now. So not surprised with the Cowboys victory at the end of the day. There you go. All righty. Um, gentlemen, that was the one. Oh wait, nope, nope. We got met. I, I almost caught. I almost got myself there. Mason, bring us out here, man. Yeah, I mean, kind of like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm just not really convinced uh, with the Cowboys. I mean, they beat up on a very sub-average team uh, with a brand new head coach, uh, and they have a 31 year old. They said this during the broadcast. They've got a 31 year old kid calling the plays for the offense on the Colts. Uh, he was like the passing game like analyst prior to being promoted to OC. So, you know, Cowboys fans don't feel special after beating up on the <laughs> on the Colts. Don't don't think anything of it. 
because this is what you were supposed to do. Not yeah. every team, I think, can turn a early 30s, you know, ex-player or coaching staff guy into a call player like uh, Kellen Moore and have success. Right. It's sometimes everybody's a little special, but yeah, they try to mimic that one and that did not work well in their favor. No, my favorite thing is that, um, so there's a pregame, you got Aaron judge, uh, sitting in the Buccaneers tunnel, talking to uh, Tom Brady. Mm. What's he to you, doing uh, in Tampa? He's not, yeah, going to that's what race. I was thinking. He's not going to the Rays. They don't pay anybody. They're like known for having the least cap space ever that they work the with. Most, you mean? Um, and I'll, I'll just say this one last thing before we roll out today. Um, everyone on these Cowboys was like, "Oh, we beat the Colts by thirty. The Eagles beat them by one." The Eagles also came off of a very emotional loss and basically played like shit the entire first three quarters. Like, let's calm down. The Eagles basically slept the entire first three quarters of the game mm. and came back and won. Um, it's okay though. Honestly, I can't wait for Christmas Eve. That's going to be absolutely intense. Guys, pray for my blood pressure that night. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's time now, folks, for the return of the KB Top 10 brought to you by the amazing people at Canada Dips. Listen, if you were like me and you love to dip, it is a great alternative that will save your gums. And save your teeth. Uh, they come in amazing flavors like blue raspberry, Arnold Palmer, mint, which actually tastes like coat mint, which is awesome. Um, mango. I remember a certain flavor. I can't remember the name. I can't pronounce the name of it. It's like hiracha that tastes like strawberry. Um, no, it tastes like red velvet cake. They have cinnamon now, American spice. There's so many flavors, and they're such a good company. Three-day shipping from California to Connecticut is insane. And on top of that, they... Effed up my last order by mistake. They shorted me on a tin. You know what they did? They sent me my entire tin again. I am just running out now. I ordered this in October. That should tell you how great this company is. Uh, they are also a great sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast and the that term, Belly Up Sports. Uh, promo code Belly Up 20 for 20% off. All right, gentlemen. I came up with like 15 Christmas movies because this is my favorite time of year. And about five I want to watch because I haven't seen them in a long time. But we'll do our top five, but you get unlimited. Uh, or no, you get up to five honorable mentions. How about that? Because I have like four. So I was Works like. All right. So who wants to go first? Who wants to draw first blood? Uh, I could probably. I think I got it pretty much situated. Mm-hmm. Um, honorable mention. I'm going to just go right off the rip and say that I think Polar Express is a terrible movie. And it should be banned from America. Um, and it's mid. I don't know. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I hate that movie. Um, <laughs> Mason looks like he might like the movie. <laughs> it's not in my childhood. childhood. Dude, it's like, a, it's like a children's movie, dog. I know. It came out when I was like nine. It came out when I was like nine. I mean, some honorable mentions would be a lot of the classics. I, I love the uh, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie. I love the Frosty the Snowman movie. Um, all those like 60s animated clay type movies um i guess die hard i don't know some people want it to be a christmas movie i'm just kind of like i don't know um all right so starting at number five on my list um it's a it's an old old movie i I love the it's a wonderful life um it's just a tradition of my family for whatever the reason is that christmas morning they throw that movie on it's the first movie that you wake up to that's on the tv it's a it's a movie that you play when you're eating your breakfast and you're opening up your gifts so it's a little sentiment said um sentimental to me but that's a good movie um number four 
I'm sure a lot of people are going to have this on their list for the Christmas story. Um, I think it's a classic. I like the movie. Not a lot of people like it that much, but I think it's great. And I watch it a couple times a year. I never get tired of it. And it's always on TV. Once you go to my grandmother's house on Christmas day. So now three is going to be a curveball. So I love the Ebenezer Scrooge movie, but the Disney version where Do- Donald Duck was Ebenezer Scrooge and, uh, and his partner was Mickey Mouse. Um, I don't know. I fucking love that movie. I could watch that thing every other day if I needed to. It's just a great little kid's Disney version to me. Um, number two is Elf. Elf to me is a fantastic, underrated, slept on movie. I think it's hilarious from start to finish when he gives that raccoon a hug and it just attacks him. And he goes into the coffee shop and says, world's best cup of coffee, as if like they just won like the fucking Nobel Peace Prize for it. Um, so I think that's a fantastic movie, and I love that movie. And then my number one Christmas movie of all time is The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That is just start to finish just an amazing movie. And... I could watch it in July. I could watch it in February. I just think it's fantastic. And whenever it's on, I will watch it. Mason. All righty. So at five, I'm going with the first Santa Claus. I think that one is a very solid choice. Uh, Tim Allen, uh, you know, just, just one of the very good actor, right? Very solid in, in most of the movies that he, he's in. Uh, so really enjoy that one. Four for me is A Christmas Story. Uh, like Matt said, great movie. Uh, grew up watching that one. I've always watched it since I was a little kid. Uh, three is going to be The Grinch with uh, Jim Carrey being the voiceover for The Grinch. That one always kind of cracks me up um, a little bit more than it probably should. Uh, two, going with Elf. That's just kind of like Matt said. Uh, very funny. Uh, Will Ferrell is awesome. Everyone loves him. There's a great job in the role. And then number one for me is A Wonderful Life. Uh, watch that every Christmas with my family. Great movie. Uh, just just like a feel-good movie, you know, um, and always enjoy it. So, yeah, that's that's the top five. Mine's a little different. Uh, I have a couple honorable mentions. Um, Gotta throw now to Rudolph. Home Alone and Scrooge, totally underranked. Bill Murray just being a total dickhead for the entire movie. It's great. Um, and for my two borderline Christmas movies, Iron Man three and Die Hard. It even says it in the first line of the movie. Iron Man three is a Christmas movie. Wasn't like Deadpool Tony released in Christmas time? It was. I was released around December. That could have made that honorable mention. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed Iron Man 3. It was actually really cool. And they actually have like Christmas themed music in this movie. But yeah, no, he even says, this is a Christmas story. And I was like, I love it. So I love also sticking to Christmas purists. They're the worst. Christmas is my favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. And any movie that's around Christmas can be a Christmas movie. So shut up. All right, number five, give me Elf. Listen, yelling Santa, I know him at the top of my lungs. <laughs> a girl at a bar once was the dumbest thing I've ever did in my life. But it got me a number. I love that movie. It's hysterical. I remember it from my childhood. I remember seeing it in theaters, I believe. I was really young, though. Um, number four, Christmas Story. Like, I watch it with my family all the time. Uh, the Red Rider BB Gun, I can relate because my dad made those jokes when I was into Airsoft as a kid. So I had to hear that about 15 times. And also, like, it's just, it's it's so relatable with all the inside jokes, you know, like having Chinese food on Christmas and, like, the leg lamp and everything. I love it. Um, three, the OG Grinch. From 1965, with the creepy-ass voiceover and the animated. I love that. I, listen, Jim Carrey one's not bad. 
I actually will watch it. I enjoy it. But the OG one, maybe it's because I used to watch it the day before Christmas. I'm on house all the time and chat on DVD on video. I watch all the time. I don't know, but the OG one, it's just it's so good. It's so awesome. Like I just, I, it's just, it brings back good memories. Number two, I can't believe one ever forgot the real OG, and that's Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, I'm yeah. all hating on the Peanuts, man. Oh, man. Yeah, like maybe it's because my father got me into watching Peanuts cartoons when I was a little kid, and like I used to see the old Peanuts strips and everything else, like the little cartoon books and everything. But like for me, like the Charlie Brown Christmas is like the kickoff to Christmas season. Like that's the first one I watch. There's no negotiations. All like because I have Apple TV, it's like the it like pops up around like November 25th ish. Usually, I watch it's the first one I do, and then number one is the goat. You cannot hate on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> this is the best. I watched it last night for the second time this year with my family. We actually, <laughs> while we were decorating the tree, my brother in law, my sister, and my parents, we did The Grinch, then we did Charlie Brown, and then we did National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I went through about five beers and one whiskey during that marathon while decorating the tree and was woke up a happy man the next morning. Um, <laughs> Christmas vacation is my favorite though. The inside jokes, the uncle Eddie references everything from the cursing scene at the end to the lights, all, all of it. And I completely forgot Johnny Galicki from the big bang theory plays Russ. I completely spaced yep. on that. That throw at trivia. My dad's like, wait, that is him. I'm like, yeah, dad, I can tell by his, the face, but that is my favorite movie. Um, my dad's favorite scene is the sled scene. Oh, um, yeah. my, my favorite is still when them then just fucking with the neighbors, like with the tree going through the window and then blinding them with the lights. Everything is great. And Uncle mm-hmm. Lewis with the cigar lighting the whole tree on fire. Because what's up your shorts or whatever the hell he says. Mm-hmm. His whole back's on fire. But that movie is just so great. I love everything about it. So that is it for uh, any other ones we think we missed. Um, another one, I've, I'm actually going to try to watch it. it I, I have a DVR for tomorrow on my YouTube TV DVR, which, God, I love that service. Um, Night Before, uh, Anthony Mackie, Seth Rogen, and uh, 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 who's the crap? What's his name? Um, Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The three of them, it's like a, it's like a Christmas movie. It's like Night Before Christmas or whatever. Also, Office Christmas Party, I heard, is hysterical. Uh, I'm going to try to get, well, like, all those ones I kind of missed over the last year, I'm going to try to get up and watch those a little bit. I still have to rewatch Jingle All the Way now that I'm over the age of 15. So, <laughs> uh, there's a couple ones I'm definitely going to look at. Any ones we think we missed that should have been probably n- nominated somewhere? Um, the, one, the whole trilogy, I get the Santa trilogy, Santa Claus with Tim Allen. I love the original one the most. Uh, can, but just thinking that's movie. one of the little back in the day movies that I couldn't think of that uh, I should have made in my uh, honorable mentions at least. I never watched those as a kid. I watched I watched them watching like when I was babysitting when I got older. I was like in like middle school. I watched them, so maybe like the magic wasn't there. But for me, I always got the cartoon ones as a kid. I got uh, uh, what's oh, I got the perfect one we didn't mention. The third Friday <laughs> when it was uh, Christmas time. Um, they had a Christmas party on the third Friday and uh, Terry Crews was supposed to be the uh, gay prisoner that got out of jail and was trying to fuck Cat Williams. <laughs> yeah, can't say I've heard of that one. But yeah, I'll have to, have to check I'm out. I'm really like, huh? 
No, it was, uh, it was the third Friday movie. It's based around Christmas time when uh, him and Mike Epps had their own apartment. And oh, they, uh, okay. So it's one of the Friday trilogy. Got it. Yeah. It was the third one that they made. It was just around Christmas time. And the end of it is a big Christmas party and just all that random shit just starts to go down. Fair enough. Alrighty. Well, boys, um, we're about five minutes over. I'm very proud of us today. We kicked ass on that freaking, uh, on that one on the 25 second game today. So that being said, Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Corner Booth Podcast. Uh, our live show is, of course, every Thursday here on our YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have gambling picks. We will have funny takes. We will have special guests. It's always a good time. Feel free to stop by and let us know what your sports takes are in the comments. And for those of you catching up on this episode via YouTube, we appreciate you. Love y'all. And we will see you guys Thursday. Enjoy your night. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.